Welcome to Pay Radio, talk radio worth listening to. Enjoy the class. Is there a burning question, a topic, a pickle, a conundrum hmm, that is on your mind that we can dive into? Well, I've been thinking about talking about balance because I really find that balance is underestimated. People don't realize in their lives how much it affects them or even that they're out of balance and how they got that way. Well, so, you're reading I, my mind because that's July's newsletter. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. No, seriously. The title of the newsletter is Got Balance? Really? <laughs> that's, funny. that's funny. It is such an important thing, though. It can mess your entire day up, your life up, everything if you're out of balance. And people just don't realize it or what it is even. So yeah. what are your tells? What are your triggers that you began to become aware of that you're out of balance? I don't feel good. And then I start getting crabby and I think, well, why am I so crabby? And I let something get me out of balance. It, there's a lot of things, but if you stop it, if you can be aware of it and stop it at that point, then it's good. But if you let it go, it can just bring so much turmoil to your life. How do you know you've let it go? I mean, it's okay to be crabby from time to time. I mean, we're human beings. Life happens. I could be momentarily crabby. Does that mean that I'm out of balance? I don't know. It just kind of depends what made you crabby. <laughs> you You've got a time factor in there, it sounds like. If, if well, all of a sudden you notice you're being crabby for like most of the day, then that's your trigger. Hmm, something's out of balance. Is that fair? Yeah. With me, it's pretty much within the hour. Right away, I'll say, just because I am so aware of it now. You don't cut I'll yourself some slack. Oh, I love it. Ah. <laughs> no. no, I don't want to be crabby. I choose happy and joy and love and stuff. I don't want to feel crummy all the time. When I do, I realize I have either been judging a situation, that and it's not agreeing with myself, my inner being, and it just throws me off. I don't know. <laughs> well, for folks listening in, I have to, again, be as transparent as I, as I can be here. I have known Cheryl. Cheryl, gosh, Cheryl, how long ago was it that you were in class. It's been a minute, isn't it? 2015. No. No way. Yeah. No, no, yes, no. It no. It yes. can't be. Yeah. Yeah. It was 2015. <laughs> I don't That's... know where all, well, I do know where all those <sighs> years went, but yeah. Yeah. I am and, just sitting here in shock. Yeah. And taking your class changed my life completely. I have to say that I, that's why I'm here today, because it just changed my life. I had such bad anxiety, low self-esteem and self-worth and everything. And taking your class, I don't know where, which one of those wonderful aha moments I had, but it triggered something. And literally, I, I can do it now. <laughs> I, it. Cheryl, it's it's you and others who take 
the journey to heart. That is why I feel called to do what I do. It's an awareness that at some point in class, every single person, if they do the work, reaches that tipping point where there's no going back. There is a discovery within inside that, wait a minute, I got to get rid of all this crap and I will not go back because it's keeping me too unbalanced. Is that an accurate yeah. assessment? Absolutely. I knew how I felt. <laughs> I didn't at the time know that I really even felt that way. But once my eyes got open, yes, absolutely. You're not going back. You don't want to relive that crap. No. And even the thought of going makes you nauseous, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to feel like that. And I think that that's one of the reasons I do keep a good tab on myself because I'm not going to let my thoughts go to those old thoughts and relive that stuff. I don't want that. I want a happy, joyful life. Focus on the good. Focus on the happiness. Because when you're out of balance, it just, I don't know, all those negative things just seem to be popping up, popping up. It's like you're magnetizing. So let those go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the law of attraction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The more you focus on that stuff, the more it's going to come to you. Yeah. There's, there's another, there's an interesting aspect to balance that I, I don't know that many people are, and, and this is something that I delve more deeply into my newsletter, but in a nutshell, balance, as we attain balance, as I'll, I'll use the learning process, for example. As I'm learning something, the first question that I always ask myself is, do I want to learn this? Is this Does this feel fun? Does this feel like I'm good? Does this feel I'm supposed to be learning this? This is part of who I am, what I'm doing. Or am I learning this because, quote, I have to? Meaning there's some sort of survival aspect involved. And... The balancing process, what I'm trying to tease out here is as I'm learning things that I know I want to learn, that I'm passionate about learning, I love learning it. I find that in those situations, I can integrate the knowledge more quickly and I can expand and grow more effortlessly. So far, so good? Yep. I totally agree. Yeah. When I'm having to learn something, that I know I need to learn it only to check a box. And what comes to mind is I had to take at least one introductory algebra 101 class in order to get my undergraduate <laughs> degree. I, yeah. I can say I have never used an algebraic equation since. I right, never sat right. down and had to find the X of Y. Now, I'm sure it's right. shown up in other ways, and it's just not been in algebraic formation. But if you were, if, if you sat me down at a desk and handed me my same final for my algebra that I had to take in order to get my undergraduate degree and said, either you pass this algebra test or I'm going to shoot you, I would press the trigger. <laughs> yeah, it would all look foreign. Yep. Yep. <laughs> no, I will not coerce myself to, to go into that. I got to have to learn something now because I have to learn something now. 
that's an easy way to get out of balance. But there's a dark side to balance that I want to tease out, and that is how we normalize stress. Can yeah. you recall there were t any moment in your life where you were having to do stuff that you really didn't want to do, but in your mind, you didn't have a choice, therefore you did it? Well, probably quite a few, but I really try to, if it's something I have to do, I sit down and I find positive aspects about it to try to get into the desire of doing it. Because like you said, if I don't desire doing it, then I'm not going to learn it. So yeah, there's been times, quite a few. Like when I was taking care of Rick, my husband that passed away, it wasn't really a choice. Well, I could have put him in an institution or something, but I wanted to do it. So it was hard, but I'm glad I did do it. I put my all into it, shall I say, and overcame the other part of it that, you know, to learn from it and learn from it instead of going the other way with it. Well, you reached a point where you were finding yourself so out of balance that if you continued down that path, you weren't going to be any good to either one of you, true? True. By the time he passed, I wasn't good for anybody. That's when I really went into myself and got back into balance. I was so out of balance. It was physically affecting me. And so I sat down and I said, nope, this is it. I am taking care of myself, getting back in balance and feeling better because it did. It, it put me so far out of balance. It messed me up. Yeah. Well, you're touching upon my passion behind launching Character Real Lifeline. You just touched upon the number one issue that Caregiver Lifeline is going to address, and that is that sense of balance. And addressing that sense of balance is a sticky, mucky, complex knot that is so socially, people don't want to talk about it. For example, when you say to people, you're Rick's wife, Society automatically says, fine, you're his partner. You're going to do whatever it takes to make sure Rick is okay. That's your job, right? Isn't that a common societal aspect or norm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You married him, or whether you're married and have a piece of paper or not, does it matter? He's your partner. You know, you take care of that person. At what point are you allowed as the caregiver? to say, wait a minute, I need to take care of me. I need some yeah. balance. And if you start taking yeah. care of yourself, you start going towards getting some balance in your own life. It's easy for society to go, oh, well, she's not a very good partner. I mean, how selfish, right? The concept of balance, folks, as you dive into this with us, balance is an ever- changing kaleidoscope of so many things and it's difficult to gain and maintain a balance without first giving yourself permission to have that what did it take for you cheryl what was the final 
what, what, what happened where you said, you know what, I've done the best I can with Rick. What tipped the scales? I kept him right at home and I took care of him 24-7. That's how I got so out of balance. I did it all by myself. Every bit until he got bad enough that he needed bad, strong medication, pain medication. Uh-huh. And then I called hospice. Even when they came, I still did everything by myself. It, the only thing we had them do is get his pain medication. So I didn't get back in balance until after he passed. I was so busy 24-7 with him, I didn't realize I was out of balance so much. So you normalized no. it because you didn't think you had any other choice. Right, right. And I think so many people do that with their lives. They don't realize that there is a choice, that they can be helped, that there's something to make them feel better while they are helping their loved one or whoever. So if we somehow magically were able to do some time travel and you walk in a booth, you click a switch, and you go back 20 years and you meet up with yourself. 20 years prior, what would you tell yourself? Oh, God. Knowing what you know about yourself, knowing what you know about how you will be perceived 20 years earlier, you know what you would have thought that knew you. You know what you would have, how you would have filtered what you were about to say. How would you dance that dance with yourself? I guess I would tell myself to lighten up and not take so much everything so seriously. I took everything seriously and I didn't find the joy in life. Just to lighten up, be happy, find things to be happy and look for the joy in life. I didn't before. I I looked for one stress after another. And of course, if you're looking for that, you're going to find it. Would your serious self say to your new happy self, oh, you're so full of it? <laughs> oh, it would have tried to have dragged that down for sure. I wouldn't have accepted it. And I learned the things that I have learned and got past that. I guess I gave myself permission to feel good. Before that, I never did. Oh, no, that's, that's a just... terroristic thought. Giving yourself permission to feel good. Oh, we can't have that. <laughs> Well, I think that that's what it takes. And people don't realize that if they did give themselves permission to feel good, that their life would be so much better. And then you open Pandora's box. Part of discovering healthy balance, you really do have to open up your own Pandora's box. True? True. What I mean by opening up your own Pandora's box is going inside and exploring. Cheryl, do you remember how much time we spent in class reiterating the value of exploring versus analyzing? I do remember that we did have a big discussion on that and it was quite in depth. Do you recall that initial discussion and some of your feelings toward what we were talking about? No, that was a long time ago. (laughs) Because I guess I'm asking is here's a serious person. Well, a serious person generally is literally swimming 
in the deep end of analyzing. True? Were you doing mostly sure. analysis? Yeah. Analysis laced with what ifs, what ifs, what ifs. Got to have all the oh, contingency yeah. plans. Yeah, <laughs> those what ifs. Yeah. I remember when Rick and I first got together and I'd say, but what if, what if? And he'd say, there are no what ifs. And it would be easy to interpret that his statement of there are no what ifs as you're not listening to me. You're not relating to me in a way that I need you to relate to me, right? Yeah. If you don't realize more into it. Yep. What I'm teasing out here is in that moment where I introduced this notion of exploring is literally the magic wand to discovering ourselves, exploring, not analyzing. And please make sure that you understand who's listening in. I'm not bashing analyzing. I do analyze, but I analyze things more from a, if I'm going to buy a car, well, I might analyze five different cars, the pros and cons of each car. Fine, that's good analysis. If I'm at the grocery store and I'm looking at a package, I might analyze, oh, is the price per pound or price per quantity better? I, fine, that you can do, knock yourself out with all that analyzing. That's not what I'm talking about. What I mean by analyzing myself is no different than trying to perform surgery on myself or my own dental work on myself or anything that, quite frankly, it's not quite wise to do on myself. Analyzing me is a fool's journey because my perspective of me is too limited. Did that make any sense? Makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah. When you started exploring yourself, if you were to think of two paper plates, a Venn diagram, one, we got a brown paper plate, which is the analyzing. We've got the blue paper plate, which is the exploring. And you began your journey to shift away from analyzing to exploring. In other words, the brown paper plate begins to dive underneath the blue paper plate. and You allow more exploring. Do you recall, Cheryl, how you caught yourself thinking you were exploring, but you were still analyzing. Does anything come to mind? Well, sometimes your thoughts after doing the analyzing so many years are embedded in you to fall back on. So you have to remember yep. to yep. give yourself a kick in the butt and remember, just explore and don't be so serious at yourself and analyze and judge yourself so bad. In other words, let go of the outcome. Is that a fair statement? Yeah. Yeah. One of the ways that I make sure I am mindful of whether I'm exploring or whether I'm analyzing is compassionately, gracefully asking myself, do I have an intended outcome? Is there a hypothesis that I'm trying to prove correct or incorrect? And if the answer is yes, then I'm analyzing, period, end of sentence. If I am truly, truly open to any outcome whatsoever, now I'm exploring. And I keep bringing this up because to me, that's the magic part. That is the divine part. 
Do you remember that tool that we talked about once upon a time called the Yohari window? I remember it. I don't remember the details. Okay. A Yohari window, the concept is there are like your traditional window with four different quadrants. The upper left quadrant is what I know about me and only me. I know it and only I know it. The upper right quadrant is what you know about me that I don't know, that I'm somewhat blind to because you have an outside perspective. The lower left-hand quadrant is what we all know. I know it, you know it. And the lower right-hand quadrant is the complete unknown. I don't know it, and you don't know it. I venture the notion that that pain is the biggest portion of the Yuhari window. Because I've come to learn as I get older and older, the more I know, the more I don't know. Um, for sure. So yeah. to me, exploring the unknown is far more magical, far more interesting. Miracles pop up far more easily when I let go of trying to determine what I don't know. I don't know about you, but for me, when I let go of the outcome, I can snap back into a healthier sense of balance so much faster. What do you think? Absolutely. If you're stressing out about if you have outcome that you want, you're stressing out to make it go that way. But if you don't have one and it ends up however it ends up, then so much better and so much easier and it takes the stress out of it. Balance is also something that it doesn't happen in a vacuum. But to some degree, I have to create the space. Let me unfold that. When I am making changes in my life to feel more balanced, it behooves me to let other people know who I love and care for, who I interact with on a regular basis that I'm actually doing that. I'm giving them a heads up. Hey, I've discovered I'm a bit out of balance. I'm gonna be doing something different or I may sound different or you might experience me a little bit differently. I need you to understand I'm cleaning my act up and cleaning things up and I wanna include you in this process. I wanna make sure that I get to a healthy place in myself and I wanna bring you along for the ride. What do you think happens, Cheryl, if I don't tell people that? They're going to think something weird going on with you. They won't realize that you're even doing it. They'll still be treating you the way that they treated you when you were out of balance. It, it's interesting. It's like I'm swimming upstream if I don't do that, right? right? Yeah, you won't. You'd be fighting the current. So making the decision to gain balance, the risk needed to be taken to gain balance requires you to share your journey with other people. True or false? Suppose it would be easier if you had a like-minded person that would join in. Yeah. I'm purposefully teasing out a nuance here. Thank you for taking the bait. Where you meet a person at, Cheryl, you're already fairly well-balanced true where you meet a person at where you are meeting 
someone today in your life, whether they are old, near and dear friends, or they are a complete stranger that you're just getting to know, you're meeting them right now at a balanced state. True. True. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. Thus, there's no need to tell them anything. You've already set the precedent, right? Yeah. Now, should something happen in life where you're flown out of balance and those people that do know you, whether it's for a minute or for decades, they sense you're out of balance. Follow me so far? Yep. What do you do when they say, Cheryl, are you okay? Well, if they realize it and I don't realize it myself, then I straighten up. I look and see what is going on with me that makes them think that I'm out of balance. Bingo. Because a lot of times you don't realize yourself. You're way under the water that you're so out of balance. Even more insidious is that poor balance, that unhealthy balance, is encouraged. It's even celebrated and it's worshipped. Oh, look at how dedicated Cheryl is to Rick. Isn't that amazing? What a wonderful person she is. Yep. But just watch from outside. Is there anything that I can help you with? <laughs> You're asking there a lot there, Cheryl. <laughs> oh, I know. I know because I did not have one person that volunteered to help me with anything that entire time. Yes, pick up something at the grocery store or something, but come and sit with him and stay with him and actually dress his wounds or anything like that? No, no. All falls on that one person. And usually that one person is saying, no, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, because they don't realize they're out of balance. And or along with that is an awareness that the person that you would like relief from, that person doesn't want anybody else but you. Yep. Yep. True. <laughs> Life's funny. This is what I mean about the tricky nature of balance and healthy balance. There is a word I talk about in the newsletter, and I'm going to be stingy for those who are listening in. I'm sorry. I, I have to pay my bills, so I got to sell newsletters. <laughs> But there is a concept that I do share with people, and it's fascinating when I share this concept, the pushback I get from it. It has to do with the concept of complexity. Cheryl, as you take a trip down memory lane and you kind of give yourself the benefit of 2020 hindsight, have you noticed how much more complex you made your life? by justifying the added stress, justifying being out of balance, how you made things more complex in the process. Is that an accurate reflection? Yeah, everything, everything just piles on. You don't realize it though. One reason you turns know? into another reason, another reason turns into another reason. 10 reasons yeah. turn into 50 reasons. All of a sudden, there are all these reasons that you're justifying being out of balance. And those reasons in yep. your mind are absolutely logical. Thank you very much. Right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And should someone question those reasons, should someone ask you, you sure? That's where the gnat hits the windshield, isn't it? Yes. If you can be open to some constructive criticism or insights that they may have, it's good. But usually when you're so out of balance like that, you just take it the wrong way. I'm curious, as you now have a little bit of hindsight, a little bit of larger perspective on being in a more healthy sense of balance, Cheryl, what do you think are some of the perks? What are the benefits of being in a healthy state of balance for you? Oh, much better health. I can allow myself to be happy and look for the good things, find the joy in life. But if you're out of balance, you don't see those. You don't even realize they exist. You just feel so much better. Everything happens more in sync. Everything just, it's wonderful. <laughs> Do you recall our rather extensive exploration of what I call the four cancers of life, doubt, guilt, shame, and worry. Do you recall how much we battled those in class? Oh, gosh, yeah, yeah, month after month. Is it fair to say that as we become more balanced in a healthy way, doubt, guilt, shame, and worry fade away? Fade away and drop off. Yeah, absolutely, that is. 100% true. Yes, absolutely. If you find the balance, your self-worth goes through the sky because you feel good about yourself. And if you can feel good about yourself, then the rest of everything falls in place. True magic alchemy of letting doubt, guilt, shame, and worry drop off is every now and then I'll get a revelation how the hell did I let myself worry so much? Why on God's green earth did I let myself doubt myself? What in, come on, there are those revelations in my life where I go back and I, and I think, raised as a devout Catholic boy, doubt, guilt, shame, and worry were staples like meat and potatoes and green beans and dessert. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now when I meet people and they like, well, what do you mean you don't have doubt, guilt, shame, and worry? They think I'm a psychopath. They think I'm something wrong with me because you're supposed to have doubt, guilt, shame, and worry. You cannot not have doubt, guilt, shame, and worry. I worry about you if you're not worrying sort of mentality, right? Yeah. And so one of the byproducts of a healthy balance for me is I just, I learned to give them grace. I learned to let them forgive them. They know not what they're talking about. <laughs> very true. Yep, very true. And they can't see it. They can't even imagine living that way without all of those. Oh, it's, it's completely foreign. Absolutely foreign. Yeah. And if you say it to them, they think you're either lying or you're lying to yourself. Or well, I'm just in denial. Now. You know, when when yeah. I wake up to reality, I will make sure I swim in plenty of doubt, guilt, shame, and I had a friend. He only contacts me when he's really, really down. I met him when I worked at Jack in the Box many years ago. Of course, Facebook has 
helps people be able to connect. But every time he gets really down on in his life, he will call me or text me. And which happened last week. And I told him that, no, I will try to help, but I don't have doubt, shame, guilt, and worry anymore. And I don't sit there and stew in the middle of the night when I wake up. I've dropped that. But he can't even imagine that. I mean, that is so out of his realm. I don't know what it is. Well, you're not willing to enable them to continue to have doubt, guilt, shame, and worry. Right. I'll be so bold as to put this out there. Nine out of 10, when I approach people to joining a class, nine out of 10 people say, no, thank you. And over the years, I've gotten an intuitive hit that has helped me learn grace more. And the intuitive hit is I become deeply aware that that person knows they're going to have to do some work. And the type of work that they're going to have to do freaks the hell out of them. They do not. They would rather spend hundreds of thousands of dollars avoiding it than a thousand dollars dealing with it. That's the way it goes. In my early stages, I knew that they were perpetuating their pain. Who wants to see another person perpetuate their pain, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Just do that little bit of personal development work and look inside themselves. Yeah. Yeah, it's sad. So the person that you're talking about, I wonder what would happen if you sent them a link to all the classes that you took. I mean, they're out there, ladies and gentlemen. You can hear Cheryl go through the process to get to where she's at today. Do you think that person would bother listening to even one class? I don't know. Bring that up because I purposefully took the time, effort, and resources to read classes because to me, the amazing journey that you take is so valuable that another person would just take a moment to listen to one or two of those classes. It could change their life. When I started the class, I know you know how much work I put into it. I was determined to feel better and make my life better. I didn't even know what my problem was back then. I jumped in both feet and tried to do as much as I possibly could in each exercise, in each class. You did. In fact, you still hold the record for those who haven't gone through the process. In chapter four, I had you do a very rigorous exercise involving a lot of paper, a lot of drawing. Cheryl is the only person, I think largely because of your extraordinary, beautiful artistic talents, painted a masterpiece. Oh my gosh, that was so beautiful in what you did. You're part of that handful that I believe when you say the, I will never go back is absolutely true. Oh, absolutely. No way would, I, I have gotten far enough that I can catch those thoughts, I'm sure you know, a lot of them pass me by, but I can catch those negative thoughts and I laugh. You know, why am I thinking that? Where did that even come 
from? Your ego yeah. is a trickster. <laughs> it's a trickster. Yep, that's for sure. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for diving into this very complex topic on balance. It is a multifaceted, ever-shifting, constantly changing in ways we just aren't aware of that. Cheryl, as you go down memory lane and you think about your own journey living here in the United States, other places, would you say that our current moment in time with everything we're experiencing is far more chaotic than it has ever been? I think so. I think that the vibration of the universe has sped up and everybody needs to get up to try to get up to speed with it. And everything is just in a big turmoil pot that everybody's stirring. A lot of stress and chaos these days. And anything that anybody can do to help themselves get through that positively would be such a benefit. I guess in my naive way, I look at gaining a healthy sense of balance as no different than buying a really sturdy umbrella, the type of umbrella that can withstand the type of winds that make the rain go sideways. And when I was living down in Puna on the Big Island, I saw many days where the rain was going sideways. I'd never, ever seen you know, a torrent of water going sideways until I moved to the Big Island. <laughs> it sure can. My whole deck will be wet and it's covered. Gaining a healthy sense of balance is like having an umbrella in chaos. For me, having a healthy sense of balance, you can throw whatever chaos you want at me. My house could burn down. I could be in a almost fatal accident. Any number of dramas and traumas could come into my life. And I know I will still be firmly balanced. I will still have yeah. the capacity to keep clear on what is and what is not important. Is that true for you too? Yeah, yeah. Not too long ago, something, I have two houses on my property and something went wrong up at the other house. And my stepson came by and he says, why aren't you all upset about this? I'm way more upset about this than you are. It was because I was in balance. I didn't let it upset me. Things just bounce off when you're more in balance. Bingo. Bingo. So if there's any incentive after listening to this office hour session on balance to getting more in a healthy state of balance, if there's an incentive to do so, please do it. Take those steps. At the very least, listen to this recording again or get July's newsletter because we really deep dive into other different ways of assessing balance. It's worth the time and effort. And especially now, at least for people who live in the United States, we're about to enter even more in the format of, to me, I look at July as kind of a tipping point where we start to consciously go into, oh, here come the holidays. It yeah. used to be October. It's now July. Have you seen a Christmas tree at a big box store yet? It won't be long. <laughs> so we're tipping into the time frame where globally we're going to start experiencing annual traditional events. 
those can throw us out of everything. We're tipping into, in the United States, more of the election, the 2024 presidential election chaos that's going to go on. We're going to be yeah. tipping more and more into more things that can throw you out of balance. I beg you, start now to find your healthy sense of balance. All right, that's my pitch for balance. Thank you, Cheryl, for diving in and helping me play around with this topic. Well, thank you for addressing the topic. I guess we had the same thing in mind. Great minds think alike. <laughs> what can we say? <laughs> I am bowing to Cheryl for being here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Giving you a big hug. Got it. Thank you. <laughs> All right, folks. Aloha. This is the way. Thanks for listening. Please feel free to share these classes on your social media feed. Thank you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.